Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better. Like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Roker Report Extra Podcast. You're with your host Graham, and you follow me after a nil-nil draw with Barnsley and also a one-one draw with Wickham. So two draws, one good, one well not good, one all right, better than getting beaten. A disappointing result against Wickham on Saturday, but we're back on home soil against Walsall on Saturday. We've got uh, we're joined by a Roker Report. Extra record breaker, actually. He's completing his hat trick of appearances on the show this season. I'm joined by one of my favourite people, one of my favourite guests. It's Joe Massey from the Express and the Star for the third time this season. How are you doing, Joe? Are you well? I'm very well. What a lovely intro that was. Well, I think, you know, if it's record breaking, you kind of deserve that kind of intro, do you not think? I've never been a record breaker before. I'm more, I'm absolutely made up with that. You made my day. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're rivaling Stuart Donald for appearances on a Roker Report podcast, believe it or not. Really? I'm, I'm glad I'm a, I'm glad I'm joint record holder than that. that <laughs> You're getting there. You're getting there. Now, since we last spoke, Walsall have tumbled down the table, really. And what was once like a playoff hopeful, now in danger of relegation, really. What the hell's gone wrong? Yeah, exactly that. Well, you summed it up uh, really well there, to be fair. I mean, I, I think we all got a little bit carried away at the start of the season. Um, sort of, in a way, justifiably so, really. We just started the season so well really defending as a team, playing as a real unit. It was sort of bodies on the line stuff. You could see the togetherness. You could see the team spirit. Um, and they just flew out the traps. It was just, they had a real, real attacking threat. Um, all the all the sort of, the summer recruits in terms of players going forward settled really quickly. Um, they were all contributing goals and assists. And we just looked like such a well-balanced team. Um, and that was like sort of the first third of the season. I think, Midway through October, we were still fifth in the table. Um, and we're sort of now trying to, or hopefully looking at the season in three thirds because the first third was brilliant. Um, we're hoping the last third's going to be very good or good. Um, the middle third was was a disaster, really. Um, and it was just, to be honest, mate, it, just, it was just 
snow it's snowballed out of control. I mean, you hear managers say it all the time, momentum's so important in football. Um, and they just lost their way. It started off with a few like scrappy things going against them, maybe just the ball not falling for them, maybe a few odd decisions not going their way. Um, and then gradually sort of the confidence was get took a knock and the players weren't as confident as they were at the start of the season. And then it all just spiralled um, to the point where they simply they just forgot how to win games. They weren't they weren't playing that badly. There was only there's only been a couple of games like both at home, Bristol Rovers and Wimbledon, where they were poor. Um, but in the other games, they just couldn't they just couldn't win. They just couldn't get over that line. So, I mean, there was crazy examples like conceding in the 95th minute against Luton. I mean, Luton never lose, do they? But no, um, I think sadly well, for us. Yeah, sadly for you. Yeah, exactly. I, think, <laughs> um, I mean, we were two one up in the 94th minute when there was four minutes of stoppage time added on. And in the 95th minute, Luton scored an equaliser. Um, and it was just little things like that. For, for just whatever reason, they just couldn't get over that line. But I hook up when, when they were playing well, they'd draw games. Um, when, or, and when they were playing like average or badly, they'd obviously lose. Um, so it just spiralled and spiralled and spiralled out of control. Um, the players were just at rock bottom. The belief was really low. Um, and then it was a, just an unbelievable version of events saw them turn it around. Um, it was against Bradford four games ago. Um, Andy Cook, our top scorer, like literally our leading light through that, through that spell. The only bright spark, really. He got sent off after six minutes against Bradford and he just thought, that we've got absolutely no hope. Six minutes lost the top scorer, down to 10 men, 12 minutes, Brad Football 1-0 up. Um, and then, honestly, mate, the display from Walsall from that point on was just, I mean, I've wrote it a hundred times, it was heroic. Um, they just dug in. Um, so how They scored three goals, they defended like their lives depended on it, um, and somehow won the game. And then all that belief that they, they'd lost just came flooding back. Um Got a really good point at Burton the following week. Should have won that game, but they just missed a couple of chances. They had the better of the chances. Beat Fleetwood last on Saturday. It was just routine was the word I've used to describe it. They were they were they were comfortable really. Um but then last night lost to Portsmouth, unfortunately. But um again, like absolutely nothing between the teams. It was just individual errors that cost them, and we've given away a stupid penalty. But we're hoping. First third of the season was obviously great. Middle third, dreadful. We're hoping the third third of the season will be good again um, and then we'll stay up. But, I mean, the race to stay up is, I mean, it's probably I mean, it's more exciting than the race to go up. I know you wouldn't say that, but it's so <laughs> tight. It's ridiculous. I don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to stay up? Who's going to go down? But, um, yeah, just fingers crossed we'll, we'll be all right and we'll get over the line. You mentioned the the Portsmouth game last night because I noticed there has been an upturn in form. I think you know following on from that Bradford game, like you said. Obviously, I, I follow you on Twitter, so I, I managed to see kind of this how that game came to. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Yeah, it spiraled basically, didn't it? It was a bit yeah. of a crazy game from what I could see. But last night, similar result, but obviously on the losing side of it but it, it was 3-2 but was the game as close as it sounds because I think Portsmouth were three up at one point weren't they yeah they were, I mean they were three one up but it was just the, the fair, it was so frustrating last night um, because it sounds ridiculous but for the first 13 minutes Walsall were well <laughs> on top um, and then I mean the penalty if, if anyone hasn't seen it watch it because if you I mean this you 
It's just so frustrating. If that was your team, you'd just be so frustrated. There's just the balls come into the box and it's going out, the crosses come in, it's going out the other side. And for some reason, Morgan Ferrier, Warsaw striker, has just pushed someone in the box when there's absolutely no danger at all. I mean, he just he doesn't need to even put his arm on him, let alone push him. Um and he's gone down. It's an absolute penalty. There's no, there's no yeah. two ways about it. It's a penalty. Um, but like Walsall had started so well. I think Portsmouth had won one in ten prior to that in the league. And you just think, like, oh, like a massive uphill struggle. Like one nil down, Pittman scores, and then do you know what? The second goal, the ball got caught in the wind. Um, oh, the wind was horrific last night across yeah. the whole country. I think. Yeah, it, got, it was going one way. Defenders gone to edit, and it's blown the other way. And their strikers went. They were gifted two goals, Portsmouth. And then do you know what? They scored the third on the break when Walsall were throwing men forward, which happens, doesn't it? And then they did go it on does. to score, score two Walsall. So it was if, on another day they'd have drawn that game last night easily. They were a bit Portsmouth were a little bit fortunate, um, and Walsall were unfortunate. But um, I mean, it's just it's difficult for us because we've got Portsmouth. We have Portsmouth, obviously. We got you at the weekend. Then it's then it's Barnsley and then it's Doncaster. So in the oh, position geez. we're in, it's a hell of a run of games. So yeah, it's massive for us at the weekend. Now, one thing I did notice is Andy Cook, obviously a top scorer. I think he scored about 15 in all competitions. He, he hasn't been in the team for a few weeks. Is is that due to injury or that suspension that you had? Are you expecting him back on Saturday? Yeah, he's back on Saturday. Let's, it's for the red card he got against Bradford. Ah, uh, okay. Um, he was like furious for the decision. It's one of them. It was it, it, it didn't look great at the time, but he's got he got sent off for an elbow. But sort of it subsequently come to light that he sort of didn't really clip him with his elbow, more clipped him with like almost like under the armpit, his armpit, if you know what I mean, sort of clocked <laughs> him there. He's a type of character who, he, I mean, he, he lives to play football. He hates, he, he hates play. he hates not playing. Obviously, like, you know, he, he hates Sunderland as well. So, uh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, I heard about that. Um, so he's going to be bang up for it at the weekend. I think he'll come straight back in the team because he's just, the play without him, the team have done really well and a lot of players have stepped up. They've really shouldered that responsibility. Um, but he's got 16 goals. He scores all types of goals, every type of goal, really. Cook can score. He's, I think he's just too important, so it'll be, he should come straight back in. One of the, the big things that, I mean, it, I don't know if it's just because I've spoken to you so often, but the big thing for me is I, I seem to know a little bit more about Walsall's players than, than maybe other teams. And one of the players that really impressed me was uh, Josh Janelli, but obviously he moved in January. How is the? Have you been affected by losing Josh Janelli? Do you think? Yeah, do you know what? I think we've been more affected more than we probably realised. He's really like when we when watching him over in that first half of the season, he did really well. He did really really well, but he he was a little bit inconsistent at times because of his age. He looked a little bit inexperienced, and he made some. Yeah, some errors that caught them out. More game, more game management sort of things. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but rather than yeah. like what he did on the ball. Um, but yeah, he got his move to Preston and it was disappointing um, at the time. Everyone was disappointed, but we got in Matt Jarvis, um, who of course once cost £15 million and played for England. Um, and we kind of thought like, oh, wow, like that, like. That's a good bit of business, really. We've sold Ginelli for cash and got Jarvis in on loan for the rest of the season. Um, but I think it was a, a lot of the stuff with Ginelli was like the stuff he did off the ball. And his, he, he combined really well with our left back, Luke Leahy. They had a great relationship. They really complemented each other. And he's one of those wingers, Ginelli, who isn't afraid to do the like, defensive side of, of the game. Yeah. Like he's, he's not lazy at all. Um, and I think like the protection he gave us perhaps went a little bit unnoticed um and 
like we've missed his quality in terms of his crossing, but we've really, really missed his work rate and his energy down that left side. So yeah, he has he has been a big loss. And what's really frustrating is I don't think he's even played for Preston since he since he moved. Um, so yeah, so I think n- n- no one really has has won from that at the minute. One thing I really, really noticed around sort of the time of January is there's quite a few of your players were linked elsewhere. I think we spoke when Andy Cook was linked and we were pretty much certain that wasn't going to happen because of his connections and the fact that he's a he's a proper mag, isn't he, basically, at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like a proper, proper scummer. Um, <laughs> in, reg- in regards to Ginelli, Ginelli obviously went, but there was a lot of clubs that were looking at Liam Kinsella. Do you think that, you know, your better players being linked with moves away, did that maybe disrupt the harmony, do you think? Is that something that happened to the squad? Or? Uh, I, 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 don't think, I don't think that was really... That was that was the reason for the slump at all. I think genuinely it was it was that confidence and belief. I think confidence is just so massive in football, and and you can't. I know I'm repeating myself, but momentum is just ridiculous. Like when when you're winning games, it's easier to win them, and when you're losing them, it's just so hard to stop. Um, but I think like like Ginelli was a bit of a surprise. I think we all thought like he had championship potential. But we all thought he'd be at Walsall for a couple of years. So that move came quite early, we felt. Um, Cook was never going anywhere. I mean, like, there's there's problems with Walsall fans and the ownership. They, they don't really get on with the, with the chairman and owner, Jeff Bonser. So they're, they're unhappy as it is. I mean, if we sold Andy Cook in January, I mean, it would have been an absolute riot. Um, so I don't think there was ever really any danger of him leaving. Kinsella was a bit of an odd one because he's, I mean, he's been absolutely outstanding. He's, he's, he's a fantastic little player. Um, but he was in and out of the team for a while. Um, and and so he is like your one club man. He, he, he's he been at Walsall since he was seven. He absolutely loves the club. He doesn't want to leave. Um, it's only really this season where he's actually broken into the team and is playing central midfield. He had a bit of a spell at right back last season, but he is a central midfielder. So I don't think anyone was ever really going to go. Um out of those players and and Janelli was a shock so yeah I don't think it disrupted us too much January but we did make a lot of signings and maybe a couple of them haven't really bedded in or, or really proven themselves yet Was there any um, substance to the Andy Cook to Sunderland link? Not as far as I'm aware no I mean I've, uh, I'm not going to say who but I've heard a few, one or two rumours of a few yeah. cha- championship clubs sniffing around him but look I mean I mean I absolutely I mean, I can't. I wax lyrical about him. He actually started the season a bit slowly. He, he traditionally starts slowly. And he always scores more goals in the second half of the season than the first half of the season. But um, he is an absolute brute of a striker, and uh, he, like I said, he just scores all types of goals. He'll bundle one in from two yards out. He's he can turn in the box and fire one in from twelve yards. He's so strong in the air, and he's got a twenty-yarder in his in, in his locker as well. I just I don't know. I don't know many players like that at that level. Like. You think of like like we had Tom Bradshaw who was like guaranteed twenty goals in League One, but he was always a lovely, delicate little finisher. Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't score he couldn't do what Cook does in the air or what Cook does from distance or he's so well rounded, Andy Cook. I mean, I'd absolutely love to think he'll be at Walsall next season, but but if my head says he won't be, I think he de- I think he deserves a shot probably at a, ch- a club like in the lower end of the Championship, and I honestly think he'd step up just because there's so much to his game. He's just such a well-rounded player. 
Now, one thing I wanted to pick your brains on, and I don't know whether you actually heard it or not, to be completely honest, but we recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago with our um, with our Captain George Honeyman, which was great. Um, and one of the questions I put to him was his celebration when he scored against Walsall um, in front of Josh Ginelli, he kind of celebrated in front of his face. I don't know whether you've seen it or not. Oh, I remember and- it now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. It was brilliant because that was right in front of me and it was fantastic. And I love that because it shows that he cares and that's all you want in it. But I asked him about that and he, he made some comments on the Walsalls, um, on Josh Janelli basically saying that he, he gave it to him because he gave it a big into us, sort of in front of um, our fans. He sort of cupped his ear or something like that. And he said, I thought, you know, I'm not having that. You're only doing that because you're playing in front of Sunderland and, and you're lucky enough to be playing against 10 of us. And I loved it. Like, it was brilliant. He spoke so passionately about it. But one thing I sort of noticed after we did it was that there's a bit of needle between Walsall and Sunderland this season. Do, do you feel that as well, or is it just is it just me? Uh, I think, uh, I think I don't know if I said this to you before. I can't remember, like, because you can swear on your podcast, can't you? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as much yeah. as you want. Feel I free. Think, I think I asked that question last time. It's called, Walsall fans call it bastardry, right? Yeah. Where, like, which is exact. And, like, Walsall had it in abundance the first, like, in that third, opening third of the season. They were doing stuff like that all the time. Like, Josh Janelli and Morgan Ferrier were like the chief culprits, really. Cookie loves it as well. Like, he, he loves them. Go, they love going, when they score, they love going to the away end. Um, and oh, Sorry, with the opposition end, if you know what I mean. They love going and, like, winding up the opposition fans. Um, and it was so, like, refreshing for Walsall fans because for, like, years and years and years, they've just been this, not just, just been this, I'm not playing it down, but they've been a very nice club, like Dean Smith, um, won't say a bad one against the nicest man in football. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant manager. Um, but he's absolutely lovely, and his team was absolutely lovely. Um, like both to watch and in terms of like just the people and characters. I, mean, I think they won like the Fair Play Award every year for like three years in a row or something. Um, but like Keats tried to has tried tried to instill that bit of bastardry, and like Janelli and and Ferrier and Cook and like they love it. Um, but like that was, they were doing that every week. It wasn't just against Sunderland. Like it wasn't like, like honeymoon. I get what he's saying, but it wasn't. It wasn't because he was playing against Sunderland. Like they were loving winding people up. But we've sort of lost that now, um, mm. which is like really sad, really. Because it's like it's like I think it's the perfect storm, isn't it? Like if it's your player and your team, you absolutely love it. And 100%. if it's and if it's the opposing team, like you absolutely live it, aren't you? You absolutely yeah. live it. <laughs> Like as soon as he did it, I wanted it, I wanted him to get his comeuppance. You know what I mean? I was kind of like so. When that's why I loved it because our celebrations were so chaotic and so much fun. And, and like you seen that the, the Walsall players' faces just drop, and you thought, you know, have a bit of that. And that's yeah. what you want, isn't it, in football, isn't it? In a sense, you want a bit of have a bit of that because that means that the players care, the fans care. Like seeing that kind of reaction feels like I think we spoke about it at the time. It's like a unity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Have a bit of that is exactly what you want in football, isn't it? Exactly what you want. 100%. I'd have that over Jack Rodwell kind of celebration of like a slight fist pump any day of the week. I'll tell you that for nothing. Now, I don't know whether you you know this, and I'm guessing you probably do. We're obviously unbeaten at home this season. So technically, the only League One team to have beat us at the Stadium Light this season has been Walsall in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, And it's... I don't know, it felt a little bit like a bit of a bogey team. Like I felt the the first game was obviously marred by the red card with Max Power, which was but wasn't. 
Um, the second game was obviously the FA Cup um, second round. That was kind of, a, it seemed like a routine game that we were going to win and Andy Cook equalised and I took it to the replay. And in the replay, I think Walsall played really well and I think we played really, really badly. Um, it, it feels a little bit to me like, I'm I'm more worried because I feel like we've got like a bogey team. But does it feel like that from the Walsall side, or are you a bit nervous for Saturday? Do you think it's going to be an uphill task? Or um, I asked Keats actually last night. I said like I've, I've seen a few things online, like people saying like Sunderland fans saying Walsall the bogey side, and I said, do you think you are like Keats? Do you think you are Sunderland bogey side? And he just said, he just sort of laughed and he said like, oh, I hope we are. Like I hope we can do it again. I don't know how it works, you know, that bogey. Like, I don't know. I don't know how, how it plays into the weekend. Like, will it make your players like more determined to beat us, or will they be thinking, "Oh, it's Walsall." Like, they have. We have like they have not played them three times and not beaten them this season. Um, I mean, look, I got to be honest. Like, I'm not massively thinking about. It. I'm more worried than thinking we've got any edge at all. I, I fancy us to get. I think we can go there and definitely get a result. Like, I think we can. I, I wouldn't. I think in my heart, I think we can get definitely get a draw, but. Look, I mean, you, you, what, you're 18 games unbeaten and you haven't lost at home all Something season? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. A lot of draws in that, though. A lot of draws, which people, it's easy to gloss over when you're unbeaten. We haven't lost many, but we've drawn 16 games this season, which is not it's not great, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, it's a lot in there. But yeah, I mean, I, I am fearful for the weekend. I'm, I've always been fearful of the players you've got. I think some of the players are just far too good for League One. McGee, you still got Adam Matthews, haven't you? I'm right back. Yes, he's um he's it's actually Luke O'Neill's playing at right back at the moment, but Matthews came back in yesterday and played at left back. Um personal opinion, I'd like to see Luke O'Neill play a little bit further up the pitch because he is he is a midfielder. That's how he was signed. It's almost like a number ten. Um and Matthews for me is one of the one of the better right backs in the league. But he's playing at left back at the minute. It's a little bit painful having to watch him cut in on his right foot all the time because he speeds forward, he has all this pace, and then he has to like cut in onto his right foot because he's got no left foot. Uh, it's quite frustrating. I, I would hope, and I think I've got a sneaky suspicion, he might move back to right back. Um, and McGeady will most definitely be in the squad, I think. He's probably yeah. been our player of the year. He's, at this level, he's absolutely ridiculous when he's on fire. Yeah, he's far too good for the level, isn't he? And Will Greg scares the life out of me. He loves playing against Walsall. Like came through the ranks there, didn't he? But... Former Walsall player, wasn't he? Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is right. I kind of forgot about that. Will Griggs a funny one. We're not, in my opinion, we're not playing him right at the moment. But I, truth be told, I don't have a solution as how how to play him right. But there's a lot of a lot of long balls at the moment, which I actually wanted to ask how Russell Martin had been getting on because he was quite a big signing at the time we first spoke. How, how's he been getting on? All right, absolute disaster, mate. You know he's left. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he's left. Yeah. Oh goodness me, what happened there? Oh dear! Oh, what a story, mate. I mean, absolute shambles. Of us. I mean, was it? That was one. That was in the mid, in that middle third where everything went wrong. And I think his arrival and departure coincided with. It definitely played a part. Um, I don't know, mate. It just wasn't. I mean, it's such a shame. Like he signed, and it was like Keats saying it's a massive coup for the club. He's like as good as best mates with Russell Martin Keats. Like he only he only joined Walsall because. Um, he had, he had a million offers from clubs in League One. I think Sunderland might have been one of them. He was at, um, he was at Rangers last year. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a well-known player. Like. Uh, um, one promotion to the Premier League with Norwich a couple of times and stuff. And he just, his legs his legs are gone. Um, he signed and he looked he looked off the pace when he joined. Um, and he just thought, oh, he's probably a bit rusty. He didn't have a pre-season. It was good, like 10, 12, maybe even more games than that into the season when he signed. Um, 
And the truth is, he just he just never got better. Um, <laughs> and he was in this weird, like, position of being a player coach. But you could tell, like, he was the weak link on the pitch. Um, and there was just occasionally you'd <coughs> see other players, like, having heated words with him. And they'd be, they'd be telling him what to do. Because it, it's sort of his speed of thought and speed of play had gone. So when, when he was getting the ball, he, was, he, he wasn't moving it on quickly enough. And then other players were sort of having to go at him and saying, come on, what are you doing? Like, look up, spread it wide, whatever. It's got to be quicker than that. But then he was their coach. So, and then, it, oh, mate, it was just an absolute shambles. So then oh, out of the blue, he left. Um, it just was announced that um, he was leaving. And the reason, the official reason was because Walsall was too, too far from his home. He lives in Brighton. And he couldn't be doing with the three-hour commute every other day. I think he was staying in the hotel by the ground, which was fair enough. Like everyone was like, okay, like he's, he wants to be with his family, blah, 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 blah. But literally two days after that, it might even be a day, I can't remember, he signed for MK Dons, which <laughs> was like, instead of like a three-hour commute, it was like two hours and 20 minutes or two hours and 15 minutes. So some people came out and saying, but yeah, he's saved 45 minutes one way and 45 minutes another that's an hour and a half but it was just a shambles that's um, mad i had no idea that he'd left which is not me taking my eye off the ball he just signed he just signed yeah and he was a player coach and he was it was like it was russell martin in league one like he'd been on trial for west brom for like three months that's the only reason why he didn't sign for a club like when the season first started um and we just thought it was going to be like we just thought he was the perfect piece of the puzzle because we've also got such an inexperienced squad, both in terms of like age and in terms of like their key players, like Andy Cook, for example. He's 28, but it's his first season in the Football League, so he's still inexperienced, even though he's 28. Um, and we just thought Russell Martin was going to be the, the perfect piece of the puzzle. May oh, couldn't have gone anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again, geez. Yeah. No, that, that brings me perfectly on to the next question. What what are you expecting the the team shape to be like and what are you expecting the lineup to be like? Walsalls? Yes. Ah, right, it's a good question. Um, I it's a really I think we've been playing four three three. And I uh, what do you what formation do you play? Uh, recently we've been having like the, the back four with sort of it, it's quite fluid it's weird we have like on paper you have the back four and you have Ledbetter and Catamore holding then you have uh, like a number 10 which has been Honeyman but he's suspended um, and then you'd have like Gucci Morgan on the right with McGeady on the left Greg up front but I think when we're attacking it's more like it goes to like Ledbetter drops back almost into centre back but when we're defend and it kind of goes more four two three one but led but it drops back a bit further and allows whoever's playing left back and right back to, to push right on so it's it's quite fluid but on paper you've got like a four two three one okay i think we'll go four three three then um just so we've got another man in the middle of the park if like your number 10 drops in but then if led bit drops back yeah i think we'll go four three three but i think yeah so the back four pretty much picks itself um liam robertson goal um, and it's Luke Leahy at left back, Dan Scar and John Guthrie at the centre backs, and Nicky Devlin right back. And then it'll be a midfield three of Joe Edwards, Liam Kinsella, and George Dobson. And then I, it'll be Zelia Smell on like the right wing, sort of right inside forward. I think it'll be Cook through the middle. And then I think Josh Gordon will move to the left. Um, 
bit harsh on him having to come out of the centre to go to the left. That's why I think they might play 4-4-2 with Gordon and Cook up front. But I think they might go Gordon on the left of the three and then drop Ferrier um, after that ridiculous penalty he gave away last night. Is there any player that's particularly on form that we should be wary of? Um, I think Zeli Ismail, he has his critics, of which sometimes I am one of them. But I always caveat it by saying, on his day, there isn't, he's as good as, he's too good for League One. On his day, he is outstanding. There's no, full, League One fullbacks cannot live with him. Um, but I think it, when, you, when you know what, what a player is going to do, but they're still able to do it, I think that says a lot about them. So like Ismail, every time, attacks a fullback, step over to the byline and puts him across. And you know he's going to do it. Like that is what managers will be working on all week in training. You know exactly what Zelia Ismail is going to do, but he always still does it. Um, and when he's on form, he's just unstoppable. There's a, there's a big question mark for me over his work ethic. There's been times this season when I felt he should have done more. I felt he should have tried harder. He could have tried harder. But the last four or five weeks, last four or five games, he's really, really stepped up to the plate. Um, and he was key at the start of the season. When we were having that good run, he was sensational. And his form nosedived in the middle of the campaign, just like Walsall's did. Yeah. Um, and that, and that was key to that. I mean, he just he's one of the, he's, he's a match winner. When he's on form, he's got he's just one of those players who's got quality and is a match winner. Um, and now, to me, he's getting back to his best. And I just I'm desperate to see him do it on a regular basis because if he if he did, he could be anything he wanted to be. But for me, he's like the big he's he's the big plus at the minute. And I just think Gordon working so hard up front and with Cook up there as well, desperate to score and prove a point after a sending off. I think it should be a decent front three on Saturday. And on the flip side, which players are you most nervous of with Sunderland and where do you think we could damage you the most? You've mentioned McGeady, but is there any players particularly out of form that you think are going to struggle against players like McGeady? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The big, the big issue with Wolves at the minute is confidence and like mm-hmm. if you get the first goal, I think that's when heads could dip potentially. But in fairness to them, it, they didn't dip against Portsmouth. Um, they didn't uh, last night. With a lot of Wolves fans say we're a bit, they, they, they worry about our fullbacks. I think both our fullbacks are better going forward than they are defensively. Um, I think they're better defensively than people give them credit for, but they are their strengths are going forward. So I think that's an area that maybe can be exploited, especially when we play this 4-3-3. Um, you're asking a lot of, you t- of two of the midfielders to push out wide, and we haven't got Josh Ginelli, who did so much work there um, earlier in the season. So that's, I think, where opposition teams probably look at Walsall and go, if they can get it wide. Walsall do tend to allow a lot of crosses to come into their box. Um so if you can, if you've got, I don't know, Will Grigg, or I don't know what he's like in the air really, but if you've got a centre forward who's strong in the air and um, that's potentially where you could get a bit of joy against us. He's kind of all round. It's just it's whether the final ball's any good, that's the thing. But we've, we've actually improved from set pieces since we signed Grant Ledbetter, so check that out. <laughs> he's a good player, Grant Ledbetter. I like Great him. Great Poor last night. Had a poor game against Barnsley, but he's been head and shoulders above in every other game. Um, and he's sung them through and through, which... You'll always get a pass with me from that. Um, so, are you coming up on Saturday? I'm guessing you'll be here. Yeah, I missed I miss the FA Cup game. missed the 1-0 win at the stage of my life. But yeah, I'm, I'm my first visit to the stage of my life on Saturday. Well, looking forward to it. Amazing. Are you bringing many fans up, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't looked into it. I haven't, uh, but I'm sure it, I'm sure it will. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Uh, I'd like to think it 
be maybe around a thousand first stage of my life. But yeah, it was, fingers crossed. And what are you thinking for a result? What's your prediction? So it's one one is my prediction. That might be said slightly more of my heart <laughs> than my head. Um, but I really fancy Andy Cook to score. God, I hope not. God, because you can just see he's a mag in every ship. So if you haven't, for people listening, if you haven't seen what Andy Cook looks like, he looks like a mag. <laughs> like he looks like one. You look, you look at his face and you go, mag. It's just the way it is. Um, I'm going to take, I think we'll get back to winning ways. I'm going to take a, we've had four clean sheets and five, um, two poor performances. I'll take a 2 0. I think it was time we broke the duck a little bit. And I fancy I fancy Will Greg to score. I keep saying it every bloody week. And he, he's only already scored a penalty in one in the cup, but he, he, he hasn't looked bad he's just we're not getting the right service to him so I say we we turn it on on Saturday and we get service to him but but Joe thanks so much for coming on again as always I, I, had, welcome. I, I didn't want to go for anyone else I think I feel like there's like a little I think I feel like you're part of the family now thank you very much do you think you're going up then or you're not sure <laughs> I think the playoffs but that's the <laughs> negative man inside of me but we'll win at Wembley it'll be fine we sold that Wembley today so we'll be all right we'll win at Wembley then we'll win the playoffs at Wembley again so it'll be all right the oh, way you want to go, season, right? That's a great season, yeah. That's how you want to go up. If I could pick the way to go up, would I pick second place or would I pick the playoffs at Wembley? I'd pick the playoffs at Wembley. So there's my positive stance. We'll win at Wembley twice this season. It'll be all fine. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but thanks for... Oh, sorry, carry on. Bro. I was going to say, best of luck. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed you will go up. I don't know where it's going to be, but I think it's probably between you and Barnsley in that second spot. But uh... Squeaky bomb time, I think, as Alex Ferguson used to call it. Yeah, um, definitely. But you, you enjoy the rest of your, your week here, Joe. I'll, I'll give you a text on Saturday. I'm up on Saturday, so I should be there or thereabouts. It'd be nice to finally say hello, mate. Quality. All right, mate. Looking forward to it. See you on Saturday. See you Saturday, chap. Have a good day, all right? Thanks, Cheers, mate. pal. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAG is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAG, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.